Welcome, Welcome to, the, to podcast. the podcast. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. <laughs> we're, we're done here. Okay. Right. Well, the question I want to start with is, do you feel older or younger than your age? Hmm. Definitely younger. Yeah, I was I was thinking that you would say that, and I was kind of thinking that for myself too, but then I just started thinking about how weird that is that like it means that we have this idea in our, our mind of what like well for me 35 would be. Right. Um yeah, I mean it's it's comparing it to our like a preconceived notion of how old a certain age is. Which, like, in the past, I imagined being 33 as old. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, if you look at our parents or, like, our grandparents when they were 35 or 33, it just seemed like they were at a totally different part of their life. Right. Well, yeah. Definitely in my case. But then how about, like, people our age? Do you feel like you seem, you feel younger or older than them? Like other 35-year-olds or 33-year-olds? Uh, I'd say younger. Yeah, uh, yeah me too. Because, I don't know, I still... Well, first one for one thing, I hang out with mostly 20-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, like, playing music or the activities. Um, so, helps me, keeps me young. <laughs> keeps you young. Keeps but, you spry. But, but I feel like what ends up happening generally is I just keep on shifting back the age that I think is old as I right. approach it. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I don't know if I'll ever feel maybe, I mean, I'm sure I'll feel old eventually, but when you're like 90, <laughs> I would have like, <laughs> when you're old, <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> well, you'll feel old when you're old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Cause I feel like, man, 35 at one point sounded so old to me. And now I feel like, I feel like I'm barely past 20. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I pretty much feel the same as I did. I mean, it seems about right when I think about it. Like, I feel like I have someone got, got the shit together. Right. Yeah. It's like, when I look at my life, I'm like, well, I guess I have like, like from the outside, maybe, I don't know. It looks like I have, I have things under control, <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 from the inside, I really feel like I'm just kind of just, you know, I don't know, going by the seat of my pants. Yeah. I mean, just, just I mean, living, man. Yeah. I, <laughs> I feel like that's what, life, <laughs> that's what life is. Just winging it. And... Yeah. Just making it up. Yeah. Um, nice. So, uh, what book had the biggest impact on your life? Oh man. Okay. So there's definitely going to be several here. The first one that came to mind when you said that was Anna Karenina. I don't know if that really had the biggest impact on my life, but there's this, what, what is that? So it's a, a long novel by Tolstoy. And it was written in like, I think 1860 or 1870 in Russia. And it's, uh, 
it follows the story. Well, there's sort of several stories happening at one time. It follows a family and it kind of follows the different lives of, of some members in that family. And uh, it's just, there's this realization that one of the characters comes to at the end, Levin, which I don't really want to like, well, I guess I'll just say what it is. Um, so his whole life, he's trying to figure out like what the truth of life is and like trying to, he sort of tries to understand things like through analysis and, and intellectualizing things. And then at the end, there's a scene where he sees the light coming through some leaves. I think it's been a few years since I've read it and he's just sort of overwhelmed by the beauty of it. And he has this moment where he realizes that like he knows the truth in his heart and like, you can't really put that into words and you can't intellectualize it and prove it, but you can know it. And like, it really is a knowing. And like, when I read that, like, I, I don't know, I was just, just the whole, the way the whole story leads up to that was so profound that it was just like, I was just tearing up. And so mm. I don't know if that book has had like a, a necessarily a profound effect on like how I, I think about things. I do think it sort of clarified some things for me. Cause I think that that, that idea of just trusting like your intuition and like right. the way you can know something with your heart. And this is something I I've been thinking a lot about cause I've been studying myths a lot lately and like ancient people had this idea of, of mythos and logos was two ways of understanding the world. And mythos is this way of understanding. It's like kind of intuition in your heart and logos is the intellectual part of yourself and your brain mm. and how both of those are important. But I think that there's a tendency maybe in the West to prioritize the, the intellectual part of your, of your experience and to like, break things down and to analyze things. And that's really valuable. But I think that like that way of knowing things just intuitively, like yeah. that's, that's really powerful. So I think that that book has played a really important role. There's nice. the afterlife by Larry Levis, which was that the, that has the poem in it, the double, which was the poem that I first read uh, when you know, I was taking this class at Principia. I just come back and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I think I was a journalist major or journalism. And I read this poem called The Double by Larry Levis. And I knew instantly that it was what I wanted. I wanted to like write poetry forever. Oh, wow. So that, that was kind of like the book that. That was the off, book that changed everything. Set off the journey. Yeah. Well, I had that class the preceding semester with Virginia Slackman and I wrote a poem for an exercise. Right. And then she took me aside after class and was like, you need to switch to poetry. And I was like, that's crazy. Like, I don't want right. to write poetry. I've never been interested in poetry, but then I couldn't stop thinking about it. So I decided I'd, I'd give it a try. And, uh, yeah, then the next semester I read that poem and then it Ooh, just uh, like, how'd you read, decide to read that poem or did someone tell you to read it or she gave me a packet of poetry and in that nice. packet was, was this poem. And then I read that poem and by the end of it, I think it's Emily Dickinson has this, this uh, phrase that it, a poem just says, take the top of your head off. And I really felt like that's what it was. It just felt like my head exploded. And I was just like, like all my like interests, I didn't even know were my interests. Like at that time, yeah. like sort of my interest in like, just sort of, 
like thinking about existence and and all that uh all of a sudden i was like oh like poetry does this like this is like, how like how to how i can be in the world in a way that's like really meaningful to me and it fits with the, like who i am i just felt like this deep resonance with it and nice. so i mean that book is probably the one that's changed my life more than anything so i'm going to stay with those two for now there's nice. been there's been others there i'll, I'll mention quickly two other writers really quick because larry levis was an important poet and then frank stanford and frank bedart um those are two yes. really influential. And then, I mean, there's like Thomas Pinchon. Okay. I mean, I was gonna, <laughs> <laughs> James Joyce. It was, it was one book. One book. <laughs> That's an impossible question. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, okay. What is your favorite thing about yourself? Wow. Every, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, favorite thing about myself Um, I feel like I, I frequently, frequently check in if to make sure that I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing. Mm. So like, I feel like it happens, I don't know, multiple times a day to the point where it's almost unconscious. Where it's like I, I have a very clear sense, almost um, like you were saying, the mythos and the logos of of what I want to be doing, like intuitively, and and acting on that, and then without really too much um, worry of you know the consequences. I mean, part of what, I mean, what makes the decision to do what you want, obviously you take the consequences into account, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is why you decide what you want to do. Right, right. What you want to be doing. Um, and then just doing that. So I find, obviously, that it's a practice and you could always be, it could always be improved. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it allows... I feel like I have a clear, clear sense of how, of how I want to um, live and then not being afraid to change it drastically either. Like mm -hmm. if it's like, I want to do something now it's over. Like, no, I don't want to do it anymore. It's, <laughs> it's <Right>. okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like that can be tough too, especially if you invested a lot of time and if you really loved something. Right. Like being okay with like letting something go that you really loved doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, it can be a tough decision for sure. Um, but I think it's, it's clear when, when the, the decision that you took is, is the right one. Like, for example, when I stopped, it was a super hard decision to, to stop trying to play baseball and but it was like as soon as the decision was over like i felt it was like a weight lifted off my shoulders and just felt mm. like a whole new life was starting and it felt just like so so right 
Yeah. So like how much of it do you think is like just coming to terms with what you already know is true and accepting that? Um, or do you think it's really a decision that you have to work through? It seems important to take take what you know into account. I mean, that seems like most of the decision. But also, like, not to rush things. Like, for example, for this decision to move to Argentina, um, I literally, it's like I thought, I just thought about it one day. And then I thought about it every single day for a year. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pretty good sign. So like at that point, it's like, all right, well, and it, it's normal to feel certain ways like on a daily basis. Like I, I could feel up and down on any given day, but if there's a feeling that that lasts for like weeks or months, mm-hmm. um, I feel like that's normally a, an indicator that something needs to change. Yeah, it, well, this was like because you went to the Monroe Institute and took a course in something that kind of had to do with this, right? Like knowing what you wanted to do. Yeah, for sure. It was, it was, I forget the name of the course exactly, but it had to do with essentially building the connection with your intuition mm. and your, your sense of what, of you essentially. Mm-hmm. And which was interesting is like while during the course, um, the week, um, I didn't really feel much different necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like once I came back, I just felt like I had a, a stronger sense of, I guess, yeah, just the intuition. and That's interesting. Intuition is such a strange thing or just like, yeah, just like that, that mythos thing, like just knowing is such a strange process or like, and it's so easy to discount, but then like you discount it at your peril. (laughs) Right. But yeah, I mean, it's so easy to get into like head games. It's like how much, like, do I discount it this time? (laughs) You're like, how much do I discount it? Do I like, right. Yeah. And I think also it's tough to know sometimes like, how much like what factors to take uh, to like consider in any decision. I was like thinking about this the other day. It's like, if you told me when I was maybe like 24 or 25 in grad school that I would be doing what I'm doing now, like there's a good chance I would have thought that I had settled because oh, wow. I like have like a job, <laughs> um, mainly that. <laughs> um, but I don't feel like I've settled at all. Like I feel yeah. like my life is actually much more rich and meaningful than I I would have really thought possible at that time. Wow. And it's like I I think that. Um, it's just hard to know like what factors take into account, right? Because if I was really on this, like trying to force, I just want to be a writer and I want to sacrifice my entire life to be a writer. And like, I'll live like in just a, a tiny house in a terrible place. If it means I don't have to work that much and I can just write, 
Like, I think maybe I would have written a little bit more, but Uh I don't think much more than I've written because I I still write all the time. But I think I would have missed out on a lot. Right. And so it's like, I don't know, sort of balancing the facts of reality with like your own desires too is just like an interesting. Definitely. And I mean, I, I feel like it's normal when you're younger to have a more like idealistic view like in more intensity. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's easy to think when you're young that like intensity is like truth and like, <laughs> like everything. Yeah. Like I remember, well, I quit my job to, to do music full time and I was like, gonna you know, see what life was like that, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I found pretty quickly, at least for me, and I'm sure maybe someone can manage it, but I can't make music all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Like at most I found I could do like four hours of music and like uh, uh, as a habit, you know, like, right. Yeah. Sure. Some days I could do more, but at that point it was like, it's, it's makes more sense to have balance right. and, and not burn yourself out. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the, other parts of your life can end up enriching and adding to the creative process. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So I guess like, I do think that's true. Like if I had to say something that I think you do really well, it's like know yourself or like kind of be in tune Hmm. with yourself, Hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, I say the same thing about you. Oh, I feel like I've learned that from you. Like, I feel like, like, well, you know, that, that day on the beach, <laughs> the day on the beach, yeah. <laughs> the day on the beach, <laughs> feel like that was a really transformative moment or the night like, on the beach, the night on the beach. Yeah. Thinking. And then let's like understand that idea of like being in the moment. And then I yeah. think, I think being in the moment, like that, that's part of like, like that's when you know yourself or like, that's a part of like making decisions. It's like, if you can be in the moment and make a decision or when yeah. you need to make a decision, if you can be in the moment with it. Right. Yeah, I mean, being being in the moment is it's a fickle thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a fickle mistress. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, how would you describe your writing? like habits and, and discipline? Like, do you feel like you have to force yourself sometimes? Um, it depends. I think, I mean, I, I write usually for two or three hours every night, at least from like seven to nine or seven to 10, depending on how well it's going, uh, during the week. Um, sometimes in the middle of the day, if I have a moment, but most of the time I don't. And then on the weekend, usually on Sunday, I'll write, the entire day, like eight hours or something. And wow. then on Saturday, I'll probably write for five or six hours. Um, and when I don't have classes, when I'm not teaching, I'll usually write for about eight hours a day. Um, or maybe I'll do like eight hours, two days in a row, and then do maybe a few hours the next, like, you know, cause you can't, sometimes you can't keep up that pace. It's just too much, but right. I don't feel like it, it, it feels like a discipline like something I force myself to do. 
I have a goal that I aim for. Right now, I'm aiming for 500 words a week because I write slowly. It takes me a long time to write each sentence. And uh, so if if I get near the end of the week and I don't have many words, then like I do feel like there's a part of me that's like, okay, I got to sit down. Like I cannot allow any distraction. And I'll be a little bit more forceful of myself. But I think for the most part, I I, I feel like uh, it's just my favorite thing to do. And so mm-hmm. it's more like, oh, I get to write now. And like if I don't get to write for a few days, I mean, I really can't remember the last time I haven't written for a few days in a row. If it gets beyond two days in a row without writing, I like really start to have a hard time. It just like, I just feel like I'm kind of wasting my life. (laughs) Um, So I think that like, it's, uh, yeah. And then the actual process is, is I guess always shifting. And I try to switch it up depending on what is, you know, to keep it fresh. But in general, like I just, right now I'm working on this, this novel and I'll sit down I'll have like the, you know, whatever section I'm working on. And then I'll just start writing like a, a, some word will come to my mind or like a phrase and I'll write that. And then I'll just like write the next phrase. I kind of write like phrase by phrase and I find words that I just think musically fit well together. And then also in a, in a, from a standpoint of meaning. So and then slowly over time, like that sentence will grow and I'll find words that don't fit in that sentence, but maybe they'll fit in the next one. And so it's kind of ends up being like this giant puzzle mm. that's always growing and moving. Um, mm. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, 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 it's one of those things I can't really make any sense of, but it feels like, I, I kind of feel like writing is almost like prayer in some ways. It's like very grounding or meditation. It's like yeah. this very grounding thing. And I feel like, I'm really glad that I have that because kind of no matter what's going on in my life, like writing is there and like the writing is at the center of my life. Like I feel like everything I do is built around making sure I have time to write. Like even my job, like if I couldn't write, I wouldn't do it. It's like, it's at like the absolute priority of my life is to write. And then I I fit in what I can. And there's other really important things, but I, I fit like it's writing. Nice. Yeah. Cause from the outside it's like, I wish I could, I mean, it's just really impressive that you've been doing it for like years, like every day for several <laughs> hours. Like, I, I don't think there's, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything like as a hobby or as that I could do like all, that much yeah it's sometimes i do i am a little bit surprised that i haven't gotten tired of it (laughs) (laughs) it's like but i haven't it's just it it gets like more and more interesting and more and more challenging i mean it just gets harder and harder it's like sometimes people ask me to write something and i'm like do you know how long it takes me to write something like they think you're a writer (laughs) you can write i'm like no like it's gonna take me forever to write that (laughs) right (laughs) So chat GPT is for chat GPT. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I often wonder about it too. It's like, is it just, I don't feel like this is what it is, but I, I do sometimes wonder like, is it just, is it pathological? Is it like an addiction? <laughs> you know, I mean, 
I don't think it matters what it is because it brings, I'm, I'm like, it brings me meaning. And also I'm able to like live a functional life while doing it. But sometimes I do feel like, well, there's something like a little bit wrong with like how much <laughs> you love writing. <laughs> writing, not you, even once. <laughs> you need it a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think healthy addictions are fine. Right. Well, I feel like we are like, if you look around, I feel like people are obsessive. Yeah. I mean, look at how much stuff has been made. Like people cannot stop making stuff. Like that's what we do. <laughs> wow. Like if you go to one of those antique shops, yeah. You know, there's just like just stuff. Like people just make so much stuff and like yeah. a lot of it is like just like little tiny figurines. Yeah. Like things that mean, you know, basically everything in my view is some right. something that has been made by someone. Like I see a little like patch of sky. <laughs> the sky <laughs> has not been made by someone. We don't think unless it's a simulation, but then like right. even the walls that inside the walls, there's nails and wood that people have made. Right. Like, like all the buildings. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like, yeah, you know, it's like, there's that whole question, like what sets humans apart from animals? And there's like, you know, Descartes was, I think, therefore I am. And this idea of like self-awareness, and I think that that might be a good one, although obviously we don't know how animals think. But I feel like the fact that we make things is a big thing. Yeah, like we, some we make animals make tools. tools, but like the man, the like the amount of tools we make more than animals, like <laughs> just like <laughs> it's yeah. just. Like it's, it's an insane, we like, have, to, they, we have tools that make tools <laughs> like they're making rocks, like just like using rocks to like break open yeah. something. And we're like, wow, they're using a tool. They're so smart. Like, <laughs> we're like filming that <laughs> on like a, a video camera <laughs> and then using AI to write about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, you just can't help it. Yeah. Yeah, we can't help it. Yeah, that. And I think the other thing is like the awareness of of death, like our own mortality, I feel like. And I think that's why we make stuff. Yeah, I think that's important is to like frequently think about death. <laughs> I think it is. Yeah, yeah. That's just like, what, what's some advice you would you would give? Oh, I, I say think about death frequently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it is like the ultimate organizing principle. Like, because life comes down to making priorities and determining what your priority is and what greater way to, to hold, like to, to what greater way to evaluate a priority than to hold it up to like death. Be like, right. is this what you'd want to do if you were to die tomorrow? Yeah. If no, well, well, <laughs> well I, don't yeah, about, I don't know about tomorrow. <laughs> like, well, no, it, well, that's true. Cause you're always balancing for the future too. Yeah. But like, Certainly the fact that like that you're going to die, you have a limited time is yeah. really what it is. Is right. this how you want to spend your limited time here? Yeah. Yeah. Death's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like when my, my grandpa died two weeks ago, uh, it's such like a, I mean, it's just such a reminder just to like, you know, live, live the way you, you want to. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that is like 
when my grandparents died. And also when I hear about people dying who I knew, or sometimes even like just people like you've heard of, like famous people, it, it like one of the first thoughts that come to your mind is like, you, you got to, I don't know. You got to do what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to do it. You got to do it. I always find it amazing. Like, I don't know why I think about this, but like, so naturally the first thing you do is when someone dies that was famous, I just like type their name into Google and then click on the Wikipedia page. Right. Yeah. And it always instantly says like, this person was <laughs> like, I don't know how they do it so fast. It's so fast. <laughs> it's, like, it's so fast. Like was. And then that that's like that reading that first sentence just like triggers like, oh, wow, was. It, it, it triggers. <laughs> it triggers. Yeah, it tri- and then it's like thinking about reading your own Wikipedia page. Like, right. Um, Alan Cheatham was. Yeah. It's like, oh shit. Yeah, I do feel like going back to the writing thing, I, I think like thinking about death is a big reason why I write and like really wanting to like finish some, like just. I don't know. I guess like make something really beautiful and like moving and like, and it, I don't know. I guess like it's hard to think about. Cause like in some ways it's like, well, I want other people to have a good experience with it. And so there's like, and, and be moved and, and have an experience that I've had with, with works of, of art and, and literature, because those have been really powerful in my own life. And so I'd like to make something that could do that for other people. Also, I'd like to make something that could like push writing forward like right. add to the tradition that's really what i want to do i want to add to the tradition in like a really meaningful way and yeah. create a work and like so i feel like but thinking about death is like something that really for sure pushes well, that forward adding and a book is a seems like a really nice way to it's like something to leave yeah because it's, like, it's like physical right it can, and it can't it's be like physical and the weird thing about reading is is when you read a book, you hear a voice in your head. Yeah. And it's like, that's the author's voice. Like their voice lives on, on the page right. and then in your head. Mm. Like that's wild. Yeah. Well, your own, your voice. Your but voice. Their, but it, their but words. <laughs> voice in the sense that like, their, their their way of phrasing things and saying things. Right. Yeah, totally. And like the style in which they write. Because we all speak in, in unique ways. And so, yeah, voice in, in that sense. Yeah. Well. Nice. Yeah. Well, time, I, to, uh, time to go. Uh, yeah, I, I got to get going. But But that was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, next next Friday. 